From Square Two, this is What's Wrong With Revenue. I'm Mike Lieberman, CEO at Square Two, and along with my longtime friend, Eric Kalis, and co-founder at Square Two and six-time entrepreneur, Eric and I will answer the question CEOs have every single day, what's wrong with revenue? You can be part of the Livecast show where we'll answer your questions every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, or catch the show on demand on YouTube and on all your favorite podcast networks. Also check out all our audio and video content on Square2 Plus at the square2marketing.com website. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 45 of What's Wrong With Revenue. Today we're going to talk about, you know, a marketing operations function. And uh, hey, we were off last week. I don't know about you, but it was good for me to get away for a little bit. Um, Eric, I don't know if you did anything interesting last week, but the show took a break and we're back today uh, as good as ever. All good. Awesome. So today... Uh, we're going to talk about marketing operations. We probably discussed this, you know, in and out of some of our other shows, but we're really going to drill deep into it today. Before we get into it, just remind everybody, catch the show on YouTube, square2marketing.com channel. All of our uh, What's Our Revenue shows are posted there. It'll be up tomorrow. You can like them. You can subscribe to them. You can comment. Really appreciate all the views and the comments you guys give us. So thank you. If you're interested in podcasts and audio content, check us out on all of the popular podcast platforms. You can get the show uh, on any of those platforms at your leisure. And if you want to subscribe to the show, if you want to ask questions, you can go to the Square to Marketing website at the bottom of the uh, website. There's a link called What's Wrong With Revenue. You can submit questions there. You can subscribe to the show. You can get us on your calendar if you want to attend live like some people like to do. And last but not least, all of Square Two's audio and video content is published every single day on Square Two Plus, our free Netflix-style streaming service. You can check that out at square2marketing.com backslash square2plus. So like I said, we're going to talk about marketing operations today. It's kind of a new practice, something that has been out maybe for the past couple of years. Very few companies really kind of have this feature you know, we do provide a lot of marketing operations related services to clients, but, you know, when it comes to campaigns and emails and social media ads and remarketing and search and call to action, uh, it's just so much going on today to really try to optimize the performance of your marketing and get results. Uh, your marketing operations team, really, there, there are people and tasks and work that needs to get done that might not be getting covered by traditional marketing folks who are into writing or designing or working on your website. It's really an entirely new practice. And we're really going to dig into this in terms of what it means to be a marketing operations person, um, what kind of skill sets are needed for these people, whether you should be handling it in-house or looking for an agency to help you. We'll talk a little bit about tools that might make this easier. For anyone who is in marketing operations, who's trying to do this better and faster, uh, we'll also talk about maybe who should be responsible for kind of ongoing mar mar um, uh, MOPS work, and then maybe a little bit about the specifics of executing marketing operations, like the frequency around cycling and the optimization associated with it. And like always, we'll handle all your questions. We have a nice collection of questions today from people all over the country, and we'll get to those also. 
So, Eric, like I like to say, you spend a ton of time talking to prospects. What are they saying to you in terms of marketing operations? Are people clicked in on this? Do they understand this is now a requirement for, for results? What are you hearing out there in the marketplace? Well, just to set the table, remember who the market is that we deal with. Uh, Mid-market companies, say between revenue of 10 and $100 million, somewhere in there is our typical client of ours. So those are the folks I'm speaking with. And I'm either speaking to the COOs or the marketing leaders like uh, CMOs or VP of marketing. So I would say if you had a look at it at a broad path, the vast minority of people are discussing this topic. The vast majority of people are still trying to accomplish blocking and tackling and figuring out what they need and how to do it. So typically, they would not go for a marketing operations person right off the bat. They would go for someone like a marketing manager. Uh, lots of times, people will hire a VP of marketing or a CMO and outsource the actual execution of the program, which then baked in would have some marketing operations. But if you're using the 80-20 rule, then 80% of the people don't know about marketing operations or the value of it. And about 20% of the people are like, yeah, we're, we have our marketing ops in-house, but we need some strategy. And maybe that's the flavor of the conversation they're having with Square Two. The reason being is it's new, like you said. Now, if you go way back when, when marketing automation platforms began their introduction into the business marketplace, Marketo aka adobe now really had a strong presence but it was such a complicated tool that it required to have a marketing operations person attached to it if you go back even further salesforce because it is a complex crm typically required a sales operations person which is the same thing just at the end of the journey as opposed to the beginning of the journey <clears throat> understanding you need a person to support that was revolutionary at the time and a bit insightful because you uh, bought a lot of software and you wanted it to run. Back to our three to four week ongoing theme about buying a machine and not oiling it, maintenancing it, having the expert run it, bring in a company that services it occasionally. I think the same uh, principle applies to marketing operations. People paid for Marketo and they were like, well, wait a minute, there's a lot of stuff to do here. We should get a Marketo operations person. Now, a lot of our listeners would be in the HubSpot world, right? Because that's typically where we play and a lot of what we talk about. HubSpot's original proposition was get some heart, uh, HubSpot marketing stuff, but it's so easy to use. You don't need a marketing operations or marketing ops person to do that. But now, because they've gone into heavy CRM, customer service modules and such, yeah, now it actually has come all the way around that you do need a marketing operations person in-house if you want to enhance, maintain, edit, change, and do all those things on a regular basis. And I think to sum up, the biggest value of a marketing operations person is that you now have a person that's in there, they're working it, they see what's working, they see what's not, and the insights that they could bring back to the marketing and, and or sales team about what enhancements can be made would easily pay their salary these days. Yeah, those are a lot of good points. Just to like share some personal stories. So I may have mentioned this before, but prior to Square Two, I ran marketing for a $20 million software company that really understood the value of marketing. Like I had 10 to 15 people in my department covering all kinds of areas, which is a massive internal team for a company of that size. But, you know, at the time, I had someone that focused on email marketing. I had a PR agency. I had someone that like kept the website updated. You know, we had a 
you know, someone that kind of looked at the database and you no, know, we didn't have any kind of marketing automation or any kind of software to really help us. And I had someone that handled events. And, you know, interestingly enough, today, people still kind of think about marketing like that. It's very tactical. It's, it's very um, uh, organized by, you know, specific thing that they might be doing, right? And even if they outsource a little bit of it to certain people, well, oh, we have our SEO agency, we have our paid agency, we have our, you know, uh, the, the guy who helps us with our website, and that could be an internal person or an external person. It's still so tactically oriented that I think that's where people are kind of making a mistake. And when you, the, the, the next story I want to tell you that will bridge the gap between that experience and today is the last few days I've been going through Square Two's lead nurturing program, and really looking at the leads that we, the emails that we send out when people convert, and making some adjustments to it. And it has literally been like peeling back the onion. I've had to change CTA buttons. I've had to change landing pages. Um, I've had to change some copy on website pages just to make it all, you know, uh, work seamlessly and provide a really amazing experience. Then write the emails. That make sure the emails have the right links, make sure those links on the, the are serving up the right pages. And it's a very complicated set of, of executables to kind of make this experience. We have talked about this experience before. You want to create an amazing experience for clients, for, for prospects when they start interacting with your website and your content and your ongoing communication with them. Who would I assign this to in my old model? Like, yeah, it's email, but it's also website. It's also like thinking through the strategy and it's messaging and it's storytelling. It like it really covers so many of those lanes that I talked about previously. I wouldn't know who to give it to. And I think that's a really great example of what a marketing operations person should be doing. They should be looking at the entire experience and they should ma be making sure that it's executing on point and on strategy, like Eric said. And then you have to go in and you have to fix it in your marketing automation platform and you have to be in the website and you have to look at the data associated with these nurtures and these links and these pages. The first thing I did was sort the pages by uh, most frequently visited and I'm starting with those offers. Like, why would I work on a page that no one's visiting? I want to work on the page that everyone's visiting. So, you know, without that insight, and without that access to data, you you could be working in the entire wrong part of the marketing execution. You could be doing work that is not going to have any significant impact on what you're trying to create for the business, which is leads and sales opportunities and new customers. So I think those are some really good use cases for what a marketing operations person should be doing and also the kinds of skills and the kinds of activities that are going to pay off that investment in marketing operations well, well, well into the future. It's just such a complicated collection of things that have to execute. You need someone with the capabilities to technically look at all. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I just think if you go back to that mid-market where we work on, and I can't really comment on enterprise level because the assumption would be you'd have the budget for marketing ops people, quote, plural, not just one, right? For those folks that are building out their marketing team, it's a value conversation without a doubt. If you value digital lead gen, if you value your website as the keystone to your entire marketing program, you got to take care of it. And that's where the value comes in. I think that most leaders do not value 
uh, enough. Oh, let the marketing people, they have enough resources, let them deal with it. When, as you just elegantly described, it's a full-time job to be in there digging around. Now, let's be honest with the listeners. You went into those nurtures because we haven't attended to them in a long time and they were old yes. and not telling the right story and maybe connected yes. to the wrong conversion form. So if we had uh, three marketing ops people not working on client stuff, but maybe one of them working on our stuff full time, we would get better results. But it kind of built up and built up. It was a nice to have, not a must have. But if you have a marketing ops person assigned to us, then all of that uh, stuff is getting attended to in a prioritized way. And nothing would ever get old like that. I mean, weren't you telling me that we had some nurtures from like four or five years ago that were like kind of hidden on landing pages that we didn't even attend to anymore? And I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say they may have been even older than that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm falling on the sword here to drive yeah. a point. We're in it. We're in it, you know, and we're not dedicating it. So I think that's where the value comes in. Even though we value it, if we were to give Amber or someone in the rev ops department at Square Two that assignment, she'd say, well, what should I do first, client work or our work? And the answer obviously is client work. So we're just as yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point. And it's a, also an, an excellent point that there's so much to attend to that when you do let some of the things kind of go unattended, they can quickly become, you know, very ineffective. And again, like if results are the secret here, and we talk about results, it's one of the cornerstones of what we do with, with clients, you got to be doing all these things at the same time. Um, let's talk a little bit about the kind of skill sets needed for a marketing operations team. So people are listening to us and they, they like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I get it. It's super complicated. And we have technology, like what kind of skill sets should they be looking for to fill this role? Cause I think this is different than the writer or the designer or the website person. Um, you know, maybe even different than the people who are managing these paid campaigns. Like what, well, what do you think some of the skills for this marketing operations crew might look like? Well, it's interesting you say that because take a writer, right? Which would typically be classified as tactical, right? Okay, here's the strategy, write this. But if they're not a little bit, and maybe it's 90, 10 or 80, 20 or 70, 30, if they're not a little bit understanding about the strategy behind what they're writing, it's not going to be an effective piece. So thinking that everybody who does execution should have some portion of strategy and some portions of tactics, let's look at marketing ops the same way. One, and I'm re referencing Amber. Amber is our uh, RevOps person, and she is just a rock star. And re Amber, if you're listening, thank you for all your efforts. If you look at Amber, she gets why we're doing what we're doing from an execution point to what results that we're trying to drive. And I think that that's a really good indication of what a good marketing ops person is. Yes, they're completely fluent in the language of the software that you're using, but they also have a part of their brain that understands the why we're using the software and the tactics involved in the software in order to get the results we're looking for. She asked me the other day, hey, is this a voice and tone that you want on a auto reply from a, um, a sales uh, conversion. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh no, oh no, that's dated. Like, we don't want that anymore. But she understood to ask because that the flavor of the strategic messaging inside of the tactic of an automated nurture might not be right. Let me check on that. So I think that the skill set has to be understanding basic sales and marketing and what the vision and goals are of the company. And then probably 70 or 80% is a complete um, uh, a mastery of the actual tool that you're using. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right on. And I, I think the other thing that you, you didn't really talk specifically about is they really have to understand the prospect and the buyer journey because there's so many of 
there's, there's so much connecting the threads in terms of the experience that the marketing operations people have to do. Like I was saying, well, is this CTA exactly, you know, worded properly? Is this landing page, you know, exactly the page you want to send them to? You know, what happens after they fill out the form here? Like, you know, there's so much associated with the intricacies of the experience right now. Yeah, it's wonderful that it's all automated. It's wonderful that it can all be built in the HubSpot. It's wonderful that we have these tools that actually allow us to del deliver this experience. You know, when you do this right, just think about it. All these emails are, are blasting, you know, automatically based on what people are doing and pages are getting personalized and, you know, things are stopping when people take certain actions. Like, it's kind of incredible the amount of um, uh, technical capabilities that we now have as marketers. Like, we never had the ability to do these things. Like, it literally was like, oh, you want to talk to someone? Here, Eric, call this guy. Like, literally, that's what it used to be. Someone would ask for a call and sales would get a notification, pick up the phone and make a call. Now, the experience is completely automated and completely uh, data-driven. And the, the, the knowledge of that experience that we're trying to create, I think, is also a skill set that you'd be looking for your marketing operations team to at least understand and probably be able to participate too. Like your example about Amber is great. Like she's noticing that the tone is not exactly our tone anymore and asking for some guidance around how to adjust it. So I think, you know, she does understand our prospects buyer journey. She does understand how we're trying to treat them through that journey. And that just makes her a better marketing operations person. Yep. I think that if we could somehow like define her percentages or her weighting of strategy versus tactic, that would be the ultimate RevOps mix for anybody who's looking to hire someone like her. Yeah. And to your point, I'm sure, look, we again have, look, we're just like every other small business, right? Like she probably doesn't spend enough time on the strategy piece. She probably spends more time just keeping everything, you know, keeping the trains running and keeping things working the way it should be. Um, I wish she had more time to think about the strategy of what we're trying to accomplish. But, you know, like everybody, you know, we all have uh, masters that we're uh, responsible to. Correct. All right. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, look, this is a pretty technical skill set. It's not a common uh, role for a lot of companies. So give me your feeling on kind of outsourcing to an agency or trying to handle it in-house. Give, give me a little, uh, little talk on that. Yeah, uh, you know, look, there's pros and cons uh, to both. And there's also an overlay of where you are on the journey. If you're a startup, having a marketing ops person probably doesn't make sense right out of the gate. But I think what you have to think about it is like the car mats. Remember back in the day, you'd buy the car and then you'd have to negotiate for the car mats. Thank goodness that ended, right? And now you get the car mats, which was so ridiculous. But it's the same thing like, okay, I'm going to buy HubSpot. Before I invest in HubSpot and before I put together my budget of what I'm going to spend on HubSpot, let me consider the things that are adjacent to HubSpot. What's going to make it run well, right? Well, I definitely need a, a list to feed in there. How's my house? Let's clean it up. Maybe I have to deal with that. I need someone to run it. Okay, well, it's kind of intuitive. I can run it. But because I'm foresighted, I know that as I start to add things, things have to be monitored and edited and enhanced and cleaned up. And we often use the term the bowl of spaghetti that is created when everybody's got their fingers in the HubSpot uh, tool and so forth. So you got to kind of budget that in. Now, the same way, if you're like, I'm going to buy a machine, 
well, wait a minute, before the machine comes in, I better have the electrician come in and give me a new, oh my goodness, 220, 120, whatever it takes. Right? <laughs> 220, 221. Right. I need an outlet to, to plug it in. So like you have to think through those things, but I don't think that people think the same way when they're getting like a piece of marketing automation software, like all the things that are connected. So number one, you got to be strategic. And I don't mean planning, I mean strategy around that, about what I'm going to do with my new piece of software. So now the question is, well, what do I do about marketing ops, right? So I think smaller companies that are just starting out, it's okay. You can have an internal person doing it, right? Because you're going to have limited things. The, it, it, the, 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 the tool is fresh. It's not all messed up. It's not a bowl of spaghetti yet. And then if you were, had the foresight to think about, well, how are we going to organize this? How are we going to organize our landing pages? How are we going to segment our database? How are we going to uh, circle back every 90 days to make sure that everything's ready correctly? Links on our website, content management tools, whatever. But since nobody does that, then maybe the outsourcing is the way to go. So in order to vet a agency, you want to have basically the same conversation that you and I are having now. How are your people going to handle the strategic aspect of what I'm doing here? How do you find out about who my prospects are? And then how can your folks understand that enough to design my HubSpot marketing operations around that? So um, a lot of people, like I was on the phone with a prospect and, I, I, and, and she happened to say, I'm not getting any results. I said, well, do you have an agency? Yes, I have an agency. Tell me what you have an agency for. Oh, I'm on the bronze package. Oh, what's that? I get three blog posts, one email, and uh, one asset every quarter. And that includes five hours of time to maintenance my website. I'm like, well, you didn't say anything about strategy, conversations, or anything like that. Oh, well, well, we don't get that. That's on me. I tell them what to do. So the reason that this uh, entrepreneur was not getting the results is because there's no strategy behind it. And the agency does not consider strategy one of the offerings that they'd like to help with. Even if it's not listed on their website, strategy $1,000 they should have a methodology or um, a, a practice execution that includes conversations about goal setting, personas, uh, differentiation, buyer's journey, because the tools then that they're going to be working in on your behalf are geared to making those things run smoothly. If you're not having those conversations, you got the wrong agency. Now, not talking smack about any other agencies. I'm just saying when you're vetting them from a marketing operations perspective, you must probe that they're going to be able to understand your business enough to do marketing operations that meets up with your business processes, strategy, goals, and objectives. Yeah, that's really good advice. I, I look at it from a complexity perspective, and this is kind of, I think, what you were saying. Like, If you have a very simple program, you have a very simple website, you send out an email once a month. You know, uh, you know, you're you're kind of paying attention to how your website's doing from a ranking perspective, but maybe you don't do much more than that. Post a couple things to social every month or two. Like, you don't need a marketing operations person. Like, you got to cover. It's very straightforward. It might be, you know, two thousand. You know, marketing from two thousand one because honestly, that's what we used to do in two thousand one. But uh, it's not complex and you don't need a marketing operations person to handle, you know, simple, basic marketing tactics. Uh, and I'm also going to tell you that I think if, you know, and, and look, there are a lot of people like this, 
results for marketing might not be a, your thing either. You may just be comfortable, you know, being being consistent and getting that email out once a month and posting to social a couple times a month. And, and maybe you write a blog article, like when you get a free minute, like if that's your idea of marketing and that's, you know, how you want to execute it and that's getting your company where you need to be, you don't need a marketing operations person. You don't need an agency. You got it. You got to cover. But if you're running any kind of complex configuration of tactics, um, you're going to need somebody to really dig into this. And again, like if you're trying to drive significant growth for your business as a result of these tactics, it's going to be even more important because without um, someone in-house or without the agency, I don't know how you're going to get the insights to know what's working and what's not working. So, you know, if you're asking about agency versus in-house, I think it comes down to, you know, what are you really trying to accomplish? Do you have the people in the company that can handle this? Have they done it before? Do they have the skill sets? You know, are they comfortable, you know, handling this level of optimization and these kind of changes? And if the answer is yes, you're, you're, you're probably good on your own. If the, answer is not, if the answer is no, then I would consider people who have done this before for other companies who are actually good at it, have the frameworks, have the methodology, have the understanding of the tool, and can bring a variety of resources to the table to cover all the different complexities that we've been talking about. You know, when you do bring an agency in, you really get a wide variety of skills versus what your company is capable of doing. You know, so... You know, you may not have a paid media specialist, you know, in your office. And if you want to layer in paid social or paid search, you know, having the agency on the team is going to allow them to bring those expert resources right to the table and get you going pretty quickly and then provide all the analytics and optimization that goes with the marketing ops piece of those particular campaigns. Make sense? Do you think the CEOs of the mid-market companies that we've been talking about understand the complexity as you just described it, Mike? I don't think they do. Uh, do you? Not at all. I think that's right. actually a big challenge because when you just described that, I'm like, wow, the average CEO or leadership team in general is just not thinking that way. I mean, let's just be honest. Marketing is left as an afterthought. Uh, it's the, you know, the, the department that gets maybe the least love sometimes. Sales, oh, sales are rock stars. You got to take care of them. But really, in today's world, and you match up with buyer behavior, people are doing research online, they're addressing uh, problems, they're answering questions, they're researching the solutions to their problems. And that's where digital marketing comes in. Like, I don't think CEOs understand that that's the behavior that they have to match up with, which is why marketing has to have a bigger voice at the table, not bigger than sales, I'm saying, but at least a bigger voice at the table, because they have a very complex challenge ahead of them. You know, it's not like, well, I shouldn't say operations, like, uh, you know, the machine spitting things, you put them in the box and you ship them. I don't mean to minimize that, but it's straightforward where there's so many nuances around marketing when it deals with human behavior. It's not straightforward. Like, let's see if we can pump out an extra thousand widgets an hour on our machine. And I, I don't think CEOs really appreciate the complexity like you described. I think you're right. And we've talked about this before. It's kind of a digital transformation conversation. Like, I think a lot of CEOs still view marketing as, you know, trade shows, right? Get us ready for our three shows this year. You know, make sure we show up. We got the right papers and, you know, the booth looks good and the stress balls are piled up nicely. And I you know, know Mike, but those CEOs are making purchases exactly the way they are. They're researching it. They're getting referrals they, from their buddies. Why? Yes. Well, where, where's the blinder? The, 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 you know, what I do is not necessarily what you're supposed to be doing. 
right? So it's kind of like, do as I say, not as I do, right? And I think that's some of it. And it's also an entirely new uh, behavior. I mean, like they don't really understand all the complexities, but they do understand the things they've been doing for years and years and years. It's like the the, the companies we talked to and they're like, well, why wouldn't I just hire another sales rep if I want to do more revenue? Like that's the move, right? Why wouldn't I go to more shows? Because that's what I've always done. You know, why wouldn't I make more cold calls? Because that's what I've always done. Like, you know, those are the things that they're comfortable with, you know, uh, what I described earlier on what I've been working on, like no one would understand all of that unless you actually sat down and started doing it, which when you think about how we got involved with HubSpot, you know, 12 years ago was, you know, I bought it for square two and started using, I was like, oh my goodness, this is like eye opening in terms of what we can do now and the information it provides us. Like without that specific experience, how would I have really been able to understand it? And I think to your point, most of those CEOs, they don't really have that experience. They're not close enough to it and they need someone inside the company. And it's usually the CMO or the VP of marketing or the director of marketing who is trying to explain to them that, you know, the kind of marketing we're doing is not aligned anymore with the kind of marketing our prospects need us to do. And our competitors are starting to do this and we're falling behind. Like, I don't want to call anybody out, but Remember that insurance company we were kind of working with a few months ago, uh, local insurance company, like just could not really see how their marketing was supposed to change. Like just felt like pop-up banners and presentations and, you know, sponsorships and golf tournaments. Like that was it. That's what they've done for years and years and years. You know, I can't even say they haven't been successful doing that. They have been successful doing that, but you know, they're also now losing business to, you know, insurance and these other companies that are making a more uh, digital effort to connect with people the way they want to it just hasn't really caught up to them yet significantly enough. And unfortunately, when it does, it'll be too late. It'll be really hard to catch up. They, it, it's much more difficult to come from behind than it is to stay in front. And that's another uh, facet to this conversation that, you know, I think a lot of the people we talk to also don't get. Yeah, this morning I tried to log on to my account at a company that I haven't used in a while, but needed to log in. And there was no thing that, and I didn't know my password as I normally do not know. And there was no thing that said, retrieve your password or, or forgot your password. You know, a thing popped up, call this 800 number. Yeah. And I said, when in the world am I going to find time between nine and five to call an 800 number and be on hold for 25 minutes because I don't have enough people. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You're not talking about an airline, are you? I am not talking about an airline, but what I am talking about is a company that I could easily go to their competitor who just has a stronger digital presence that's going to match up with the way I want to uh, buy from, from my vendors. Yeah. I'm just asking because I actually had the same experience with an airline. I was very surprised that I couldn't just get a password. Now, maybe that's some security issues, but you know, I did have to call them and like get that. What security over. issues? If you don't have the ticket, you can't get on the, oh, they're worried you're going to steal a plane. I don't know what they're worried about, but I will tell you, like I got a new iPad, right? And interestingly enough, my iPad, when I booted it up, it was like, here are all your security risks, which I actually thought was really cool. Your email is on the dark web and some of your passwords might be compromised. And most of them were stupid websites that I didn't care about. Like, um, but, but, you know, my, my airline was in there too. And I don't want to, cause if you got into my account, you could buy a ticket, right? I don't know you, how you'd show up and get it, but you could buy a ticket. Um, 
So I was going to change my password. It was just a little too uh, complicated than I thought it needed to be. So that's why. Right. Why don't you list your passwords for our listeners <laughs> so that they can see right. it up? Sure, no problem. Let me show some screenshots also. <laughs> All right, awesome. So um, this has been a really good conversation. The complexity piece, I think of it, is critical if you're considering marketing operations. And look, we've talked about this before. Like marketing is a one plus one equals three exercise. So you know, if you're doing two things and you're not getting results, you got to be doing four things. And then you got to be doing six things. You got to be doing eight things. You got to be doing 10 things simultaneously. And this is where it gets incredibly complex and incredibly challenging for most people to deal with this. And this is especially where the marketing operations role becomes very, very important. These people are responsible for keeping all of your programs running in a, in a, flawless way to deliver that experience to your prospects. So you really can't like uh, short, not cut, but you can't diminish the importance of what we're talking about. Sure. Go ahead, Eric. Well, I was going to just like kind of feather into what you said, because they're not only in charge of the tools, but they're in charge of the experience that right. people are having. So right. if I get a crappy email, hello, friend, right? As opposed to my name or nothing in there in the two brackets, right? Right, right, right? I mean, that's part of the experience. So like you have to let the marketing folks drive towards like understanding that it's an experience that people are going to have with your company and you could be losing opportunities just because of your penny wise dollar foolish approach to marketing. Yeah. And I think that happens very frequently. And the sad part about it is you wouldn't even know, right? right. If you're losing opportunities, they're just never, they're like, that's like potential business that you didn't even know you had. They go to your website. They have a crappy experience. First thing they do is hit the back button. Who, who's next in their search? Oh, it's your competitor. Oh, let me go over there. Oh, it's a good experience. Yeah. I'd like to do business with you. Like you lost that business and you didn't even know it. That's how bad it is. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. All right, let's answer some questions because we got some good ones. And I know that's your favorite part of the show. Love the questions. So here, this is from Corey in Pasadena. Where would we find a resource like this if we wanted to hire in-house? Oh, well, marketing operations is a whole category now of a job. So I would think your HR person would be able to do a very simple search on a, a job description for marketing ops and list that. I mean, marketing operations is a title like any other title now. It's not it's not like, a, you know, a, a, a so new that you couldn't find those people. Plus, because of today's conversation, those people are in much demand. I was on the beach over the weekend. And I was talking to a young lady who's graduating from the University of Pittsburgh. She has a marketing degree. She said, yeah, I did an internship in an agency. It was great. What, what do you think I should do? I said, you should go to HubSpot right away. You should get HubSpot certified in every single one of their areas. And you could write your ticket when you graduate because those people are in demand. And then I even said, throw in a little analytics if you really want to make some nice money. They're out there and they're being, uh, 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 what do you call it, grown every day through their uh, university work. Yeah, marketing operations is a legit job and it's a legit job title and you can really look on any of the hiring sites for marketing operations and you'll find a lot of job opportunities. So it's not like it used to be um, where you really had to uncover um, uh, these people who are dressed up with different titles and different backgrounds. It's a lot uh, more obvious now. There are also some MOPS related websites and communities Um online that you can also dig into. I'm actually the member of one of these MOPS groups. I don't remember the name of it specifically, um, but you know, there's always conversations there. There's always job opportunities. There's always people posting resumes. So um, it's actually, to Eric's point, much easier today to find people with this skill set than, than it used to be. Also, 
you a lot of people are um, describing their jobs with marketing operations terminology. So, you know, it might say director or marketing, but when you look into the responsibility, it's a MOPS job. So, you know, I might encourage you to also kind of look, uh, you can describe your, you, you can title it any way you want. If you're really looking for someone, I would use the word marketing operations. If you're not comfortable with that, or you're trying to sell this up and they're like, what's that? Don't we just need a director of marketing? You can call it a director of marketing and fill out the responsibilities with, with MOPS related activities. And I think most marketing operations, people will, will get that and apply to your job also. Agreed. All right, Corey, good luck on that. All right, I got uh, Josie in Salt Lake City. How would we measure the performance of this role, person, or team? It's a really good question. So what are some of the performance metrics you might recommend Josie look at? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because you think about it in terms of like uh, execution, mechanical, right? I'm running the HubSpot software. I'm not sure that it's um, attaining metrics, but I think the metrics review of that position would be on improvement. And what I mean by that is if I hired a marketing ops person today and I have a 2% site-wide conversion rate and I got together with my marketing ops, I said, look, I got these old CTAs or calls to action, our content's a little old, I, I can help you with that. I wanna increase that um, site-wide conversion rate from two to 3%. If I go that way, then I think the marketing ops person could like augment what's going on or enhance what's going on now. And that increase in efficiency, performance, general, you know, bigger database, whatever the metrics are, are a better way to look at that because you can't hold the marketing ops person responsible for every metric if they're not able to do that. And I'll give you a quick example, SEO. If you have a marketing operations person who is really engaged in the HubSpot software to uh, bonus them on SEO traffic would be unfair because they're not SEO experts from a strategic or um, a practitioner. Uh, uh, they can fill out the keywords in the uh, HubSpot SEO module, but I don't think that's fair because that's like its own area that has to be attacked. So that's an interesting question. I, I might have to think about that a little more. Yeah, I might consider a more of a team approach to answer this question because, you know, the MOPS person is really like the ultimate team player. Like I said, they they stretch into a lot of different areas of marketing. Yes, you know, they they do typically are they they are typically responsible for the technical tools, but I view them more as like the person responsible for optimizing program performance. So if that's the case, then you know I would include them in the performance-related goals and objectives for the entire marketing department. So, you know, if we're getting more visitors, then some of the work they're doing to keep the website optimized for keywords is obviously contributing. If they're getting a higher conversion rate, which means more leads, then some of the work on the landing pages or the CTAs might actually be working. If the emails are, you know, the collection of lead nurturing emails are performing better than you know, they're probably tweaking subject lines and looking at links in those emails and doing all kinds of things to, to improve performance. And I think they should get credit for that. So, you know, I, and look, we talk about this a lot. I, gen, I tend to lean towards like team related goals and objectives, uh, just gets everyone kind of on the same page and working together. And, you know, if I have someone responsible for email marketing and someone responsible for the website. And I have this MOPS person in the background who's also kind of helping with all of that. 
I, I, I like them to feel like when the overall team is doing well, they're doing well also. It's actually a better approach. I didn't consider that. You're right. It is a team effort. Because back to my SEO example, if the SEO person who's responsible and accountable for SEO combined with the uh, uh, marketing ops team, that would be a team effort. Yeah. Cool. All right. Pete in Woodburn, Oregon, he wants to know what technology should we expect the MOPS person to know coming in? So let's skip over the obvious answer there. HubSpot, Marketo, maybe Salesforce, you know, whatever, you know, marketing technology platform you're using. But what about some other technologies that, that might be helpful to them? Well, I mean, the obvious is like Google Analytics, right? Because no matter what, that person is going to lean into Google Analytics to have the additional data that some of their platforms might not uh, uh, provide. I think then there's other things. So, for example, um, you know, it, 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 I mean, I, I don't know. I'm a little stumped and I'll tell you why, because every business is so different, right? If I'm on this platform, then maybe some of the uh, other tools that are designed for that platform. So I'll give you a simple example. If I have a business that deals with the phone a lot, should my marketing ops person know call rail? Yeah, I, I mean, I, right? that, that's a simple example. But yeah, that's a good one, right? If you do get yeah, a lot my, of calls. My point is, yeah. back to Corey in, uh, in uh, where was Corey? Pete, Pete in Woodburn. No, the original. The oh, oh, Corey. Yeah, Pasadena. Yeah, and he's looking for someone. He's like, well, you got to yeah. know our technologies. Do you know CallRail? I never yeah. heard of CallRail. Like, it's like, yeah. it, it seems like something should be like the base software that you're using, the, the main one, the, the Marketo, the SharpSpring, what those that should be uh, table stakes. And then I think that the uh, software that are adjacent. Well, actually, I'll put it Google Analytics is must have too. But then all the other ones are nice to have it. Maybe it could be trained on the fly. Yeah, I mean, there's really an unlimited number of things you could be using. Like, it's, it really comes down to, like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, if you want to throw out, just to answer Pete's question, like, I could, off the top of my head, think of two things that, two additional technologies that you might want to consider. One is heat mapping software, right? So, you know, it's nice to know who's clicking on what buttons and what pages are working, but it's also nice to know how far are people scrolling down on your page? Are they getting to the bottom? Because... Most people put the big offer at the bottom and a lot of people don't even make it to the bottom of the page. So again, like you, you have to know that um, where are people hovering their mouse that they think might be clickable and you don't have a link there. You don't have something click uh, to click on there. That also might be good to, to know. So again, yeah, I think that back to our conversation, what if the web team is responsible for heat mapping, not marketing ops? It might be, but I haven't seen that too frequently. You're, yeah, you're yeah, right. Saying, like it's really hard to clearly define. It is. Um, but let's be honest, like how many of our clients are really looking at heat mapping software? That goes back to the right. complexity, understanding what's going right. on, not marketing people, you know, whatever. Right. You know, the other one, just to answer Pete's question, is a tool we use, um, to verify email addresses called Neverbounce. So a lot of people these days are buying email addresses, they're buying contacts, they're 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 you know sending out cold emails. And if if you're using those lists and you're sending emails out and they're bouncing a lot, or a lot of people have been putting spam traps in on those lists, you might be emailing to a spam trap that gets you into some kind of hot water with the authorities. 
um, you know, never bounce. So make sure that they're all valid email addresses and you're not, uh, you know, uh, market, uh, sending emails to any spam traps. So, you know, that's another kind of maybe more obscure tool that I think a mops person would want to have some insight into and see whether it's right for your company. But I mean, there's probably 10 others that we could dig into if we had a little more time, but Pete, that, that should get you started. Agreed. Okay. Um, so this is from Marcus in Hartford, Connecticut. Is this a technical role, an analyst role, a content creation role? Um, you know, it could potentially be all of those things, don't you think? Uh, yeah, content creation, maybe not so. I might put that into the content category where we have our writers and editors and publisher kind of folks that are working for us. But the other two, absolutely. Uh, the weighting is arbitrary, right? Because analysts, I would definitely think that technical would outweigh analysts in the initial yeah, uh, marketing ops person that you hire, but man, analytical skills in that role would be a killer one-two punch. I agree. And I think it would be hard to have someone else doing the analytics and then passing that information along to your marketing operations person. I think the, the person that's in there has to be able to analyze it. And I think they have to make, be able to make some modest changes on their own. Like my example earlier, like I know you might not be a writer per se, but you should be able to write a three word CTA copy, right? You should be able to look at a headline and make sure it's, you know, doing what you think that page is supposed to be doing. You know, maybe you could consult with a writer to be like, hey, I want to change this from A to B. What do you think? That's fine. But I don't know that you're going to really be effective if you're sending all that to the content department, waiting for them to get it, sending it back to you. I feel like these marketing operations people need to be much more uh, responsive and proactive to what's working and what's not working and be able to make changes on the fly to improve performance. Not everything has to be a discussion when you're in the weeds like this. You should be able to just make a tweak and say, yeah, this is going to work better and see how it does. Yeah, that's what we talked about, like having an understanding of the strategy, right? Um, click here versus um, learn more today, you're right. That person should understand that I'm going to get better response in my CTA by just, you know, calling yeah. different things. Yeah. All right. So Kerry in Boston wants to know what compensation do marketing operations people command today? Want me to handle that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's- <laughs> I'm, in it, sales, it's, I'm in the sales department. I don't right. know. You're on an island. <laughs> um yeah, I, you know, I think it's it's probably a lot more than you would think. You know, it's probably ninety to one hundred ten thousand dollars or more, depending on the size of the company. Like, if you're coming into a pretty big marketing team and they have a lot of complex um, channels that they're trying to optimize, and a lot of tools that they're using, you know, it, it might be more. Uh, to Eric's point earlier, it's a very in demand role. A lot of these people are kind of writing their own tickets and they're hopping around from agency to in-house, from in-house to agency. Um, a lot of software companies specific, specifically really value this role and they're willing to pay up for it. Uh, and I think it's a good investment on their part. So to Eric's point with his advice to his future graduate, it's a really great and growing and very lucrative part of marketing, probably the most in-demand and probably one of the areas of marketing that are, is demanding the, the most from a compensation perspective. Yeah. All right. So Goldie in Portland, Oregon wants to know how hard is it to find people with the skill set? 
We talked about that a little bit, not as hard as it used to be. There's many more people who do this kind of work. There's many more people looking for this kind of work. So Goldie, if this is something you're interested in, I don't think it's going to be hard for you to find somebody. And there are also a plethora of really good agencies that also do this. So if you don't want to hire someone, plenty of agencies would be happy to help you with this kind of work. Agreed. Uh, Jackson, Chicago, um, can you try to give us a day in the life of a marketing operations person? What would they be doing all day? It's an interesting question. It is, I guess, I guess that the, you know, we would wait it as our conversation has unfolded today, right? 80% of your time, you're, uh, you're the auto mechanic and 20% of the time you're using that auto analysis computer to see how you can improve performance, right? How do I get more horsepower? How do I get lower exhaust fumes? I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about here, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the other part, today I'm gonna work on the transmission. I'm really gonna try a couple of different things to get that transmission, you know, working better. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. I think it would be, look, it's gonna be a lot of, um, analysis it's gonna so you know okay you know um i got a meeting coming up with with my boss so i gotta come to that meeting understanding what's working and what's not working so let me spend some time digging into the data hey this looks good let me report on that hey this looks okay you know here's a couple of things i think i can do to fix it this is not working too well let me make some recommendations on what can be improved here so i think there would be some of that and then I also think you're going to get a ton of, hey, I need this fixed. I need that fixed. I need this added. I need this updated. You know, like if you have other people on the marketing team and you would, if you're in the kind of like size company we're talking about, uh, you're going to have people asking you to do things. Like we said to Amber the other day, like, hey, we need some new dashboards. We had some dashboards last year. Um, we need some some updates and some new ones for this year. You know, we, we gave her some use cases in terms of what we're looking for. And she was like, okay, I got it. Like now she has to slide that work into her, you know, next couple of days. So I think it's going to be a lot of requests. I think it's going to be a lot of optimization. I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, going in and making sure things are current and working like they're supposed to, you know, may even have, look, things break from a marketing perspective. I know no one thinks that's true, but for some reason, links get stale and pages don't work like they're supposed to. And it's just, there's a never ending list of things to do for these MOPS people. So, um, you know, I think if they spent 20% of the time actually thinking about what would produce better results, that would be great. I think it's probably more like these people are inundated with requests to fix things and add things and do things differently. Um, I, I hope they get 20% of their time to actually think about what might improve performance. And now that you just described that list, there's no way they're getting 20% of their time. <laughs> right, right. I mean, if they have a good CMO, they should be like, all right, let's look at some, you know, st strategic things associated with what we're doing and give me your perspective from an ops perspective. Like, how long is it going to take to add these new pages? How long is it going to take to, you know, go in and optimize our organic search results? Because I have these new keywords that I want to be ranked for you know, what actually has to be done to improve those rankings. Like, I feel like that would be part MOPS person, part SEO specialist to get together and discuss that and come back and say, yeah, here's everything that needs to get done. Like we said, unfortunately, that list of things that need to get done are probably going to fall on that MOPS person who then has to go in and make those changes. Yeah. Yeah. What if you made like Friday is analytics day? 
it's not a bad idea. I mean, you know, there are some things that we look at every day, but it's a pretty light touch daily. The weekly would probably make more sense. Um, and certainly the stuff I look at every day, I'm not always acting on. It's more kind of like, like oversight than it is like, oh my God, I got to do something about this. Right. Like, um, so you, I think it'd probably be smart to have like a day dedicated to analytics and they probably also should have like a set of analytics that they're tracking through. Right. Like, like I, I do this all the time, kind of naturally, like, okay, let's see how we're doing with visitors. It all starts with visitors, right? Like, okay, great. Now let's look at conversions. Okay. Where are the people converting? Okay, great. Now we have to look at the offers. Okay, great. Like eventually you end up getting through all of it, but it takes time. So um, you know, that process is probably also something that a really good MOPS person would bring to the table. Like, here's how I cycle through all the data to uncover what's really interesting. And I share it with the people who should care about it. Then we talk about what needs to be done about it. That framework alone would be incredibly valuable. And back to our agency conversation, that framework is typically what agencies bring to the table because they're doing it for 30, 40, 50 clients at a time. They can't just kind of you know, wade through it and hope they're going to cover everything. Agreed. All right, cool. I got two more here to tackle before we wrap up. So uh, what would we look for in an agency if we wanted to outsource? This is from Helen in Bismarck, North Dakota. So what do you think they should be looking for if they really do feel like an agency is going to crack the code for them here? I mean, I don't want to be like, you know, broad, but it's everything we're talking about today, right? If I'm talking to the agency, uh, do you have do you have analytical people? How are you going to operate? What's your experience of my software? Like I would really, really vet them well because this is a make or break position. If I hire an agency and they don't do what they're supposed to do from an operations perspective, my marketing program doesn't work. Six months from now, I'm in the same place I was before and I blew X amount of dollars. So I would vet them for all the reasons we were given a good marketing operations person. I would ask the same question, just say, does your agency have these uh, capabilities, attributes, skill sets, et cetera? Yeah, I think if, you know, it's look, um, a lot of people talk to us about their execution, not producing results. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense. It's easy to identify when you're not getting what you want out of it. But if you don't have the right marketing operations resources, your entire program is literally going to grind to a halt. I don't know what you could possibly accomplish if you didn't have some type of support for these kind, the kind of things we've been talking about. So, you know, if you are looking for an agency, then you want to make sure that they can actually do marketing and operations work. I think a lot of agencies would probably say, yes, we can do it, thinking it's, oh, it's what we typically do. And I'm going to tell you, it's not typically what most agencies do. It's not building a website. It's not um, writing emails. It's not creating content. It's not um, posting stuff to social, right? Like uh, none of those things are really marketing operations. You know, it's not uh, uh, following up with sales reps after trade shows. Like it, there, it's it's a much more analytical and technical job. And again, I think, you know, you have to ask the agency the right question. Like who does this work in your agency, Right. What is their background? Who have they done this for? Uh, what other companies have they done this kind of work for? What have some of the results been? You know, how many people in your agency are equipped to do marketing operations work? Like, am I well, going to work with the same certification? Certifications around the software is a good question. It, it is, and there actually are uh, operational certifications around software now too. So it's not just like being certified in HubSpot, but 
Are you marketing operations certified in HubSpot? Are you sales operations certified in HubSpot? Are you revenue oper? I mean, uh, HubSpot has an entirely new line of certifications around RevOps. So, and and it's actually it's funny you should mention that. Our um, a couple of our people mentioned to me. I don't know if you remember. Did you ever get inbound certified back in the day? Of course. Yeah, back it wasn't that. Day, I mean, it was like nine years ago. Right. It wasn't that hard. It was actually pretty yeah. easy. And we used to kind of laugh a little bit at how easy it was to get certified. The technical certifications today are not easy. And I don't feel like they should be easy. I feel like they're appropriately difficult, like with practicums. And, you know, you have to show work to someone at HubSpot. They have to look at it. So I do think Eric's right. Looking for some of these technical certifications, are they members of that MOPS website group I talked about? Like as someone who's really into this, they should be in the community and they should be talking to other MOPS people because honestly, you get a lot of good ideas when you're talking to other people in similar roles in different companies. So um, I would, you know, ask like, are your, are your, is your agency MOPS? Are they in this community or, you know, how do they, uh, uh, how, how do they get better at what they're doing? Where are they going for information? There's really a lot you can dig into um, if you're looking to outsource this. And I think all of those extra questions are really going to help you, Helen, sift through the people that are going to show up and say, oh, sure, we do this every day and really uncover the, the agencies that actually have marketing operations, revenue operations as a service that they're providing their clients. Yeah, good, good advice. All right. And our last question, last but not least, Monica in New Jersey wants to know how much of our marketing budget should be allocated to MOPS support? I mean, people literally ask me every week, hey, Eric, how much should I spend on marketing? And my answer is, I don't know. How much do you want to grow your business? Because if you're a million dollar business, you don't really need a big marketing budget. You know, good execution, a few referrals will get you to 10% growth. But if you're a $30 million firm and you want to be a $40 million firm, yeah, you need a decent amount of marketing. I think it's the same answer here. How aggressive do you want to be on your uh, metrics? Do you want to drive conversion rate? Do you want to drive sales opportunities? The answer is yes. Yeah, you need marketing ops. I would allocate a bigger portion of the budget for that. Now, there's competing um, interests in the marketing. Should I spend it on a content writer? Or wait a minute, what about someone who is going to, you know, be an expert on, on my website maintenance, right? I don't know what the mix is. And I think that also comes back to some persona conversations, because if you're dealing with old school people who like to talk to you at face to face, call you on the phone, well, maybe you don't need a marketing ops person as directly as 95% of my business comes in through my website. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, you know, these budget questions are very specific to the individual businesses who are asking. Um, Monica, I think if, you're, if your marketing effort is big enough and you're actually considering a, a MOPS person, then, you know, you have to put aside a hundred grand to get someone who's really going to be able to do this. I don't know what percentage of your budget that's going to be. I don't really see any other expenses, you know, not including the technology, which you probably have already. I don't think, you know, unless you're going to send them to some kind of show or, you know, invest in their training. professional development. Yeah, yeah, right. Ongoing training for them probably wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, so maybe throw another five to 10 in there for conferences and travel and training and certifications like we were talking about just to keep them current on what's going on. It is a very new field. It is it is changing very quickly. Uh, there are all kinds of, like we talked about technologies and all kinds of practices that are finding their way into this space. So I think considering that as, as part of your budget consideration would probably also be valuable. 
I think that's very reasonable. And in today's dollars, where it's kind of like an employee market, that would be a, a, a good offer to someone who is a marketing ops person. Agreed. Agreed. All right, cool. Let's wrap it up and send people on their way. So Eric, thanks for having this interesting mops conversation. Like, the hour flies by every single it, week. It, it really does. Um, it, it, it's been good. You know, despite the vacation last week, I'm, I'm happy to be back. You're energized. Uh, I'm energized. Right. So folks, don't forget to check out the show on our YouTube channel, square2marketing.com. All the What's Wrong With Revenue episodes are posted there. Like us, subscribe and provide us with comments. We love the comments. Check out the show on the What's Wrong With Revenue page of our website. You can ask us questions right there. You can submit them just like Monica and Jackson, Goldie and uh, Harvey from uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And you can also get the show on your calendar if you want to join us live. And we will actually email you the shows every Thursday morning if you subscribe to the show there. And if you want to check out all of our audio and video content, head on over to square2marketing.com backslash square2plus, where we have a free Netflix-style streaming service. And there's content for CEOs, CROs, marketing people, customer service people, people interested in technology, MOPS people. It's all there. Audio and video content, easy to access, easy to subscribe to. Last but not least, if you're into audio content, check us out on all the uh, uh, podcast platforms. The show is available in its audio format there. Next Wednesday at 4 o'clock, we're going to answer the question, what's wrong with revenue? Your content strategy isn't connected to your prospect buyer journey. So we're going to talk about how people find you, how they land on landing pages, website pages, pillar pages, and the offers you provide them that all could be causing your revenue to grind to a halt. Um, thanks for joining. I'll see you guys all next week. Eric, as always, thanks for co-hosting. See you next time.